shines bright in the Kentucky Derby. And it's American Pharaoh pulling away late. American Pharaoh rules the Derby. Thanks for listening to the ninth edition of the Courier Journal's Derby HQ podcast. My name is Jonathan Littner. I cover horse racing at the newspaper in Louisville. Of course, we're now fewer than four weeks from the first Saturday in May and down to the final weekend of points paying Kentucky Derby preps. We've got one major race. It'll be the grade one, one million dollar Arkansas Derby. Pays points on a 140-2010 scale to the first through fourth place finishers. And then on a, on a little bit minor scale, uh, over at Keeneland, there's also the Lexington Stakes. It's a last-chance qualifier of sorts that will include Breeders' Cup Juvenile Runner-Up Swipe. Glad to have on the show this week one guest that will be covering the Arkansas Derby in person. That's Mary Rampolini of the Daily Racing Forum. She's also a contributor, a voter, to the Courier-Journal's Derby HQ Top 20 poll. She discusses the field uh, after the post-position draw. It's headed by Cupid, the 2-1 to one morning line favorite from Bob Baffert's barn, he won the Rebel Stakes last time at Oaklawn. And then we'll have from Racing with Bruno and Bruno with the Works, a private clocker who has been watching the the works, I guess, so far at Churchill Downs uh, of the horses that have, have been on the ground so far. It's uh, like Louisiana Derby winner, Gunrunner, UAE Derby winner, Lonnie. And we'll have Brandon Staub discuss kind of what he's been seeing from the morning in both works and gallops, jogs too. Uh, we, we had Mo Tom work at Churchill Downs on Wednesday, kind of a bubble horse, but fourth in the Louisiana Derby with a troubled trip. People figure he could come running late if he makes it into the Derby field. So we'll hear from both of them and then uh, move on to some audio from this week's NTRA teleconference that was headlined by Bob Baffert. Glad to welcome back to the show this week, Mary Rampolini. She's the Mid-South correspondent and handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum, also a voter in the Courier-Journal's Derby HQ Top 20 poll. Uh, Mary, how are you doing? Hi, Jonathan. Very good. We've had a busy day uh, getting the field set uh, here on Wednesday for Saturday's Arkansas Derby. Yeah, and of course, I mean, we've got a, a pretty interesting field, at least in my opinion. Uh, Twelve horses, you bring back Cupid from the Rebel Stakes, the runner-up from that Whitmore, and then uh, un- Unbridled Outlaw, who I, is one that I kind of have my eye on just because of how he performed against older horses. Um, I guess in, in this field, what sticks out to you from the draw today? Well, um, a couple of interesting things. Uh, one point uh, is uh, sudden breaking news. We've been kind of saddled with outside posts, extreme outside posts, in uh, uh, the southwest and, and the rebel. We'll be in the four hole, so he drew arguably better <laughs> than he has drawn. And uh, Cupid will be on the outside in the ten hole. Uh, they are going a mile and eight, though, so we're going a little further this time around. And, you know, one thing I think uh, I look toward the scene is how these horses handle that distance. A mile and eighth is always considered the separating distance in racing, so we begin to see the true distance colors of these horses Saturday. Yeah, and is there anybody from the Rebel Stakes coming back? I mean, you have Creator, also the third-place horse, Discreetness from the Rail. He won the Smarty Jones this year. Any of those horses that you feel like more distance will benefit them? I mean, and who who, who does that maybe give an advantage to? Sure. I, I do think the additional distance will benefit sudden breaking news. Um, not only has his trainer, Donnie Von Hemel, been looking for that extra distance for the horse, he's that type of horse, that big, long, striding type of horse, serious closer. He seems like the type of individual who will like that sort of trip. 
Um, I think Creator is a horse that might like the extra distance as well. And, um, you know, certainly there are others in the field. Gettysburg is a horse who's coming off a mile-and-eighth race at Sumlin Park. Uh, there's Sumlin's Festival of Racing Stakes, uh, which replaced the Sumlin Derby this year. So he has some mile-and-eighth race uh, experience in the tank. Sudden breaking news. His last race was not nearly as visual, visually impressive as, as the Southwest. What did you make of that trip? And, I, I mean, it seems like you're pretty high on his chances Saturday. Well, I do like how he's trained and um, how he's, you know, coming up into this race. And, uh, you know, looking back on the Rebel, Jonathan, he's a horse that's a closer, and closers are dependent on a couple of different things. You know, they're dependent on pace, and they're also dependent on a clean trip in most cases. And he did not get a clean trip in the Rebel. He was a horse that was stopped on the final turn at a key point. He was trying to move. A horse kind of kind of stopped in front of him and, and stopped his momentum. So he was not um, kind of in that same position he had in the Southwest when he just had a clear run. And I, Cupid got off the uh, van today, arrived at Oakland Park. How do you look, and what what what's sort of your gut feeling on him on for Saturday? Sure. Uh, Cupid did get here just before 1 o'clock Central Time. Uh, they flew into Little Rock and then came over, vanned over uh, here to Hot Springs in Arkansas. And uh, he looked very good getting off the van. He was very, very alert, and uh, he was very energetic walking the shed uh, once, he, once he got, you know, just right off the van. Uh, he's a horse that showed a lot of talent to defeat uh, the Rebel Field in his first start against winners. And further, he's a horse that shipped that day, and uh, he's a horse that uh, really had his momentum stopped at the top of the stretch. He kind of made a little, little bit of a move, uh, a, a, a dart towards the rail. So he really wasn't running at full speed at some point there early, early through the stretch. He kind of had his momentum stopped. So I'd be interested to see uh, what happens uh, with a full run from Cuban. Another horse I wanted to get your thoughts on is Dazzling Jim. He's trained by Brad Cox, who, of course, is a a Louisville native. He grew up not far from Churchill Downs, and he's looking at uh, possibly getting his first-ever Kentucky Derby starter. He's a horse that ran well in the Louisiana Derby and is coming back in this spot. How how have you seen him in training? Uh, Yes, he's a very good-feeling, energetic kind of horse, and uh, I'd say he puts a lot into his gallops. He's a horse that uh, Brad Cox is said from a while back that he wants more distance for as well so he's a horse that might excel with this mile and eight uh, based on on several things some of which is pedigree he's a son of misremembered and that line that goes back they think that he'll he'll like this added distance and and i guess discussing some of the other horses that that aren't huge long shots on the morning line um there there's whitmore of course coming back the runner-up at nine to two, uh, do you feel like he's capable of making a step and to to make himself a winner this time? He said it seems like, you know, the last couple of races he looked like he was going to go on and win the race, and then you know for, for whatever reason just just didn't quite get up there. That's true. He had the sudden breaking news come after him, didn't he? Through the stretch, and then Cupid fought him off. Um, yeah, he's definitely been a very consistent horse. He's been very consistent over this surface and uh, very consistent in his route races. Uh, I. I don't think you would be surprised at all on Saturday, Jonathan. Yeah, I guess, you know, we've kind of covered this field. I mean, do you have at this point a, a pick or at least like a top three that you're thinking about or, or you feel like it's too soon? I mean, it seems like a, I don't want to say wide open, but there are a lot of a lot of contenders here who would make sense. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. There are a lot of options here. These are 
a lot of young horses that are developing, and, you know, anything can happen, as we all know, on the three-year-old trail. Um, I haven't sat down to really hardcore handicap yet, but I can tell you um, Cupid is a horse that is, you know, obviously will be in my mix of selections based on based on his performance here and how good he looked uh, today getting off the van. Um, sudden breaking news is a horse I feel that has trained very well here at Oaklawn uh, since the Rebel. He's a horse I'm going to pay a lot of attention to. I'm going to have to look at Unbridled Outlaw for much of the same reasons you mentioned, his effort against older horses, which was also his first start since the Breeders' Cup, so he has a license to move forward. Uh, Whitmore you have to pay attention to, and Dazzling Gem and Creator, are horses who also interest me. So <laughs> I have a little homework to, to do to, to narrow that down. Yeah, we all do. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this field yet either. Um, I, I talked to, before the Rebel, I talked to Ron Maquette, and he was big on the atmosphere that Oakland provides, especially for horses that want to move on to the Derby and, and will have to run in front of a large crowd and, and deal with all the stresses that come with that sort of thing. Can you speak to that to a certain extent? I mean, what is... Arkansas Derby Day like at Oakland? Yeah, good question, Jonathan. It, it is exactly, you know, kind of a run-through. Some people consider it if you're going on to the Kentucky Derby. They could have as many as 60,000 or more people here on Saturday. Uh, the infield, provided the weather forecast remains good as, as scheduled, uh, will be open, so you'll have that crowd in the infield. You'll have the horses coming to a paddock area that will be lying 20 deep all the way around with people trying to get a glimpse at those horses. The horses will go back into uh, the infield area, a, sa- a saddling area for riders up, rather. So they're going to get that full effect of crowds and the activity and music going on in the infield. So it will be a very um, festive atmosphere, uh, much like the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, and then can you also compare the strength of the fields that you've seen in Arkansas this year, maybe maybe even just to last year? It seemed like American Pharaoh came in and, and didn't face a whole lot, but I, I feel like you know what Bob Baffert has thrown at him this year has had to maybe deal with a little bit more. Is that you know fair to say? Uh, say your last part again, one thing. What did you say? Do you uh, just feel like the, the fields at Oaklawn have been a little stronger in general, the, the, the crop of horses that are training there this year than, than the last? There's probably more depth. Like Just like we talked about the race, there's like four, five, six horses you can talk about that legitimately can win this race on uh, Saturday. You know, So I think speaking about the local crop that you're talking about, there is a lot of depth there, and uh, that does make it exciting. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes to the top twenty horses that you rank for us and, and the poll every week that that comes out Sunday around noon, you you, you have still Mohamed at number two behind Nyquist. I was wondering what you thought of him in the Florida Derby, and, and you know all the hype seems to be gone now. But are you still kind of a believer <laughs> in that horse? I do. I, I don't want to get off a horse of that caliber um, just off of one race on a wet track. So I'd like to see him through a little bit. And um, uh, there's a reason they paid $2.2 million for that horse. He's also been a very willing and rateable type of horse. He just seems like a really quality type individual that, you know, will do well going forward. So I I just don't want to um, let him go off of one race. Mm -hmm. And then going into this week, you have Cupid number eight on that list. If he is to put in a performance similar to what he did in the Rebel, where does that vault him to in in terms of your consideration for the Kentucky Derby? 
Well, we'd have to obviously move up that list very, very quickly. Um, I really have a lot of respect for um, Den Runner and Dustin as well, and so he's got to fall in line right with those horses, I believe. But we have to see what he does here. It depends on, like you said, the nature of the race he runs. Mm-hmm. And, and then in terms of just the bigger Kentucky Derby picture, I mean, you mentioned Mohamed and Gunrunner and Dustin and Cupid. Are, are there other horses that you like at this point or that you'll be keeping a close eye on, especially that maybe others haven't talked so much about? Well, that's a good question. I guess we do, we're getting ready to wrap things up, aren't we, uh, with a lot of the major preps here. Um, I, I think a horse that has interested me a lot, in, you know, more spirit is a horse that I think very well of. I have to pay attention to him. And, um, you know, Exaggerator's effort the other day is exciting as well. So those are horses that uh, certainly will get my attention. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Sudden Breaking News does this weekend at Oaklawn. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned that it, we're getting right down to it. it. It seems like it goes by quickly every year, and now we're we're down to the last weekend here. I, I've enjoyed following your coverage at Oaklawn, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Jonathan, I thank you uh, for having me on the poll and, and the kind words. Thank you so much. All righty. Best of luck this weekend. I want to welcome to the show this week Brandon Stobble. He's the workout analyst at Churchill Downs for Racing with Bruno. He's also a guest handicapper at the Elite Racing Network. He's stationed in Louisville and spends most of his mornings at Churchill Downs looking at Kentucky Derby contenders uh, leading up to the first Saturday in May. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, thanks for taking the time to do this. I, I kind of wanted to get your opinions and thoughts on the horses that we've been able to see so far at Churchill Downs. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, and I guess a good starting point would be with this morning's workout by Mo Tom. Um, he went a half mile uh, pretty fast, but I guess Tom Amos made a point to say that he also had a pretty good gallop out. I mean, what were your, your general thoughts wa- watching him? Yeah, I was actually um, fortunate enough to um, run into Tom right after the drill and uh, kind of just talk with him for just a second. And uh, it was exactly what he wanted, and uh, it was just an even workout. Uh, you know, basically just clicking off what they what they say, the 12-second uh, furlongs. And uh, the best part for me of the work was the gallop out. Um, I didn't really expect him to do a whole lot. Typically, uh, when Tom works his half miles, they might gallop out a little bit after the wire, but uh, Mo Tom actually... Uh, galloped out a really strong seven furlongs and then kind of kind of ended right back at the half mile hole where he broke off so uh for me it was just kind of business as usual coming down the lane but uh, like i said the best part of the the work was actually the gallop out he was never asked to do anything but uh, kind of took off on his own and uh when tom uh, stopped by right after the work he said that's that's the whole reason he doesn't really work more than a half mile typically is because uh mo tom will will do that he'll take off after the wire so um i don't think distance will be an issue with mo tom um especially after seeing that work today mm-hmm. and we've also seen gun runner work at churchill downs this week i mean just kind of speaking in general when you're evaluating a workout what are the things that you're looking for in a horse you know whether it's the way they're running or is it the time you pay attention to or, or you know relative to the trainer's expectations i mean how do you, how do you gauge success um we use the stopwatch but it's not something we want to rely on so my eyes are the, are the thing that i rely on and um, i want to see a horse that's doing it the right way and when we say that we mean that uh that basically they're not being asked to do um 
to accomplish a fast time. You know, the rider has a good hold. They're listening. You can tell a lot by, by the way the horse is listening by looking at the ears. Are the ears pinned back? Uh, if they're pinned back, they're probably not really enjoying what they're doing out there. Or are they up and maybe one's cocked out to the side just a little bit? If you see that, they're kind of like antennas. So the horse is um, listening to the rider and wanting to know, hey, what do you want me to do? Um, we also don't want to see a horse that, that just looks like he's running off, you know, and that's telling us another thing. He's not listening to the rider. Um, we like to see a good stride and uh, it just kind of look really smooth out there, like he's just flowing over the track. And um, so that's the biggest thing. We'll use the watch to kind of judge, you know, like, for instance, the other day, um, Sunday, Kevin, um, awesome mayor, worked. And um, she came around the turn right at the quarter pole. I had her in 25 flat. And the way she was moving down the lane, I, I said to myself, well, this is going to be a 50-second 50, 50 work here. And you look at the watch, and she goes in 48 and 1. And you're like, holy cow. So, I mean, it's something like that where you see a horse that you, you looks like she's traveling easy. And at the same time, we're using the watch to kind of, you know, make sure that uh, the eye is, is seeing what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you necessarily have training for? I mean, what, what, what kind of is kind of your background that led you into to doing this sort of thing? Yeah, I uh, got into horse racing through my grandpa and uh, going to Churchill, and uh, we kind of used it as a way. Uh, we would actually go out on Thanksgiving uh, time and uh, go out there as kind of a, a way. We were kind of tired of sitting around with the family. Not that we didn't enjoy the family, but it was just something to kind of get away and, and get out for a little bit. And um, so I kind of fell in love with the sport that way. Um, three years ago, I had the opportunity um, with Bruno DiGiulio, one of the uh, most well-respected clockers out there, um, to basically uh, go under him and, and have him train me um, to do this. And uh, so I, I ended up going to Keeneland early in the morning for a week because that's where he was based and uh, drove up there every morning. And he kind of got me started out there. And then um, after spending some time with me uh, at Churchill, he kind of let me loose. And it's one of those things where you, basically you have to just get going and then you kind of learn as you go. Um, but um, one of the things that really helped me out a lot was that uh, I am in the physical therapy field and, and when that um, happens at my job, I'm constantly evaluating the way people move and the way they walk. And it's kind of the same thing with horse racing and, and workouts. You're evaluating the way these horses are moving, um, their gait. And so I really think that helps me make the transition. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have a good eye. I'm confident in my judgment out there. And uh, I think that's really helped me out a lot. But basically about three years ago, Bruno gave me the opportunity to do this for him. And uh, I'm still here, so I'm going to be doing an okay job. <laughs> And you know we hit on Mo Tom, who of course finished fourth in the Louisiana Derby, and uh, the, the top two runners from that race are also at Churchill Downs. That that would be uh, Gun Runner and Tom's Ready, and and both have also put in works over the strip there. And what, what's your general impression of those two? Um, I think the Louisiana-based courses were, especially the top three, were a bit underrated this year. Um, if you just want to take one horse that's kind of maybe a mysterious horse right now, that's Destin for, for Todd Fletcher. Uh, he actually started before the Tampa Bay win, uh, went to the fairgrounds, and came in fourth um, in the New Orleans race. And, uh, you know, then goes over to Tampa and wins those two races. So I thought it kind of flattered those New Orleans horses. I just feel like they might be a little bit underrated going into the derby i know um, certain speed figures have them slower than others and then uh, somebody like brisnet actually has the, the louisiana derby pretty fast so um in my my opinion right now i i really like the fairgrounds runners um 
I'm very fond of Gunrunner. Um, and the way that Tom's ready is doing right now, he's doing fantastic. And, I mean, I think if you look back at previous derbies, you have to think about Dallas Stewart in a Kentucky Derby. I mean, you have to at least throw Tom's ready in your, your exotic bets. Um, and I know from what I'm seeing out there, I mean, Tom's ready couldn't be doing any better. Uh, kind of the same with Mo Tom. I think he, he definitely has a shot to, uh, to end up in the top three. And uh, so I think they had a, they had a great winner. I know that uh, uh, talking to Dallas uh, in previous years, uh, he says the fairground surface has always been kind of, to the runners down there and they always come out of that meet uh doing really well and and get back to churchill and they seem to to run well so um i think the new orleans horses are going to be heard from in the derby mm-hmm. and, and the the other horse on the grounds at churchill already lonnie the the japanese trained winner of the uae derby um is a horse that i don't know a whole lot about i'm not sure that many people do um he's been i think putting in some pretty fast gallops at Churchill Downs. I, I, you know, they haven't time to work out on him, uh, to, to my knowledge. Have, what have you thought of him so far? I mean, do you, do you see him as a viable contender in the Derby? Uh, my first impression was that uh, he looks fantastic. I mean, he's just a, an imposing colt, and uh, I hadn't quite heard any of the, uh, whether he's doing some type of scream or something like that when he comes out. I hadn't heard that, and actually today for the first time, uh, he had a couple of horses as he was galloping past the finish line, uh, just jogging past him, and he let out that little scream or whatever it is, and so that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. But uh, you know they've been doing the the same thing with him since they got here. I guess it's been a week and a half or close to two weeks now. He basically gallops uh, two miles around the track. Um, they changed it up recently, and they they put him in the chute coming out the one mile chute where the one turn races start, and they'll walk him around in a circle out there. Uh, other times he'll just come right out from the from the chute and from the backside and, and start jogging. So they, to be honest, they really haven't done anything serious with him. I'm kind of waiting for, for something to take place. I'm not really familiar with their style of training. Um, I'm hoping he breezes a couple times. But, um, uh, you know, until they uh, maybe somebody can get an interview with, with the connections and, and kind of find out what they're thinking. But, uh, you know, I just think that if you're going to be competitive in this race, I mean, Yes, the gallops are great, but uh, you may need to kind of put some air in the lungs and, and kind of stretch your legs out a little bit with the, with a breeze or two. Well, maybe I need to get out there tomorrow and, and do my job and get an interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was uh, secretly winking while I was saying that at the same time. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice, but uh, I, get, I do get to see him come out. Uh, you know, and that might be something maybe they're just – taking their time and they don't you know it's it's all about uh, different styles of training but you know obviously no uae derby winner has ever come over and won the race so um, i guess you just you kind of hope they they do get out and stretch their legs a little bit because uh, man you look at gun runner he's already had two breezes over the track tom's ready has worked and probably uh should either work tomorrow or friday and then no tom's worked already so um you know i just don't want them I, I feel like I, i'd like to be able to see breeze so we can evaluate him a little more but uh it almost feels like to me maybe they're kind of getting behind the a ball a little bit but uh hopefully they have a plan and uh maybe we like i said we can see him stretch his legs here soon i i had not actually heard about you were talking about the, the scream that he does i'll have to i'll have to check that out too i mean so is it, is it any like anything you've heard before i mean what what are you kind of referring to there 
Uh, no, it actually, uh, someone had mentioned it on uh, Twitter because I had said something about the, the way that, that he looked and how he was kind of imposing. And then uh, I think it was Zoe Cadman or uh, someone else had mentioned that when they were in Dubai that he does some kind of, uh, of uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it. He just kind of lets his voice be heard when he comes out. And uh, so I've never heard it. But like I said today, he actually kind of did it a little bit past the wire. I think it's more of a, after talking to Bruno a little bit, it's more of a studdish thing. Apparently, the tappets, uh, um, especially, uh, it's just something they, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandon, I, I appreciate you getting your insight on the show today. Uh, you know, certainly everybody should uh, hop on and look at look at the Bruno products. It's racingwithbruno.com, brunowiththeworks.com. Uh, I, I believe, you know, how much does the product cost? I mean, what, what can people look at if they want to, you know, look at a card or something? Yeah, we have a great uh, website. We pretty much have everything at the site. Um, if you're just going to play for, let's say, the races for that day, you can pick up a workout report. Uh, you can also pick up uh, – Bruno has developed his own uh, performance figures, basically speed figures with a little extra added to it called the Delta figures. And uh, they're assessing the performance of the horse as far as what it's expected to run today. So that's a, that's a new feature of Racing with Bruno. Um, we started uh, with the workout reports, and those are those are big. I feel like that's you know if you look at all the handicapping information out there, um, everybody's got a, a racing form, everybody's got a, a type of a speed figure. But uh, you know you see those times in the workout, uh, excuse me, you see those times in the program, and you know it says you know five furlongs 101. Well, that's great, and it's got a ranking there too. But uh, how did the horse do it? Was it a bullet for the day, but were they being asked hard to do it? So we basically give an analysis of how the workout went, and we rank it. We give it one to five stars, five being the best. And uh, we also have developed a workout rankings where uh, maybe we weren't at a track to see the workout, but uh, what Bruno is able to do is take those workouts and uh, compare them against different ages and, and rank them that way. So uh, we have a lot of really cool stuff there, um, especially this time of the year. Everybody wants to know how the horses are training. Um, Bruno is actually uh, doing the workouts at Keeneland right now. He's been at Keeneland every day. He's got Nyquist up there and a few other competitors. Uh, we're about to have a ton of horses shipped into Churchill, and uh, so we're going to have these derby horses covered. We're going to have the horses covered for the stakes races on Oaks and Derby undercards. So, uh, you know, if you're looking to kind of improve your, get your handicap in a little bit and kind of get an edge over the competition, uh, our product is, is incredible. That's actually part of the reason how I found Bruno. I just thought it was really cool that, uh, hey, you can get an insight to how the horses are training in the mornings. And then, you know, it kind of works out that uh, if we give a horse a good ranking, they tend to run well in the afternoon, too. So I just thought that was an awesome thing to uh, be able to, to learn. You know, it's kind of not secret information, but uh, not everybody has it. So um, that's kind of how I got started. And then I had the opportunity to reach out to Bruno and, and actually uh, become a member of Racing with Bruno. So um, I just really believe in the product. And you can probably tell by the way I'm talking about it, but uh, it's just something that I really believe in. And I feel like we're really doing a, doing a great thing for the handicappers. Yeah, yeah. I, Brandon, I, I appreciate your insight. appreciate your time. Again, that's uh, racingwithbruno.com. Bruno with withtheworks.com. Uh, I, I'm sure I'll see you out there at Churchill Downs at some point. Sounds great. I appreciate you reaching out to me and having me on.
And as promised, we also heard from Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert on this week's NTRA teleconference. Of course, Bob will have Cupid, the 2-1 to morning line favorite in the Arkansas Derby. He'll uh, go in Saturday's race, and then more spirit is set to ship to Churchill Downs sometime next week. Uh, again, both horses will be in the care of Bob's assistant, Jimmy Barnes, who was part of the traveling crew with American Pharaoh this time last year. Of course, it's all starting to sound pretty familiar. Bob had uh, Cupid win the Rebel Stakes going in the Arkansas Derby. American Pharaoh swept both of those last year on his way to winning the Triple Crown, eventually the Breeders' Cup Classic. Bob was kind of asked, uh, you know, what what keeps him coming back wanting to do this year after year? Well, I think that uh, when I first started, I was just wanting to win a Breeders' Cup Sprint. I thought if I could win a Breeders' Cup Sprint, that would be really great. And um, and then when I ran second with Cavalier in the Derby, which was just most oh the most brutal loss of my career, that really really got me going on the Kentucky Derby. So I mean my my whole I think the Kentucky Derby, the, the classics are really what keep us geared um, uh, up and keep that that competitive uh, those juices flowing and. Um, and that's what, you know, that's why just if you can have a horse good enough to, to run in those races, uh, really, you know, we, we work hard uh, trying to get there. And so, uh, you know, we got to the point where, you know, we're sort of expected to get there. But, you know, it's not easy. It's hard to really. So when you have a horse like Morris Spirit and Cupid that look like they're going to be competitive, it's it's like uh, it's an honor to be saying, hey, you know what, we maybe we have, maybe we can, there's a little hope. A uh, little little dream there, but uh, it's it's still we're uh, you know just to get there, getting that gate. Two days after the Breeders' Cup Classic, of course, Bob Baffert and company delivered American Pharaoh to Coolmore's Ashford Stud near Versailles, Kentucky. It looked like an easy process, but Bob said it took about two months to get over that and then to really start thinking about this year's Kentucky Derby Trail. Well, I think what it you know what it was with retiring Pharaoh is that. Um, Usually at the end of the, the year, you know, they're usually starting to tell off or whatever, and they go to the farm. But with him, you know, I was giving up a horse that was just going to start getting better and better. And so it was something that was, I think we got so close to him, but because um, he was a sweet horse. He, he's a horse that you could, you know, as you can tell, I shared him with, with so many fans, let him touch him and everything. But he's the only horse I could, I've ever been able to do that with because of his uh he was a kind, sweet, intelligent horse. So, um, and I think you know we all we were all in love with him, and um, and to see him leave, it was it was sad because it's like watching your child leave. You're wondering if he's sleeping that night. Is he going to be okay? Is he going to miss us? And so uh, we went through about sixty days of a pretty uh, little. I would say we were a little bit depressed about it. You know, not being able to know that he was in the barn and go see him, but um, but at the same time, he he. You know, we have some great memories, uh, you know, from with my wife, Jill, and my kids that we got to uh, be a part of it. And they'll be able, my kids will be able to tell their kids about the wonderful, you know, where, when I'm gone, that, you know, what that, that part of their life will always, it will always be remembered. So, and so it was, it was tough, you know, when he left, but now we, you know, there's always, we're always looking at those young two year olds coming up. Just like now, I've got my new hero coming up. We're getting excited about them. So we always have our mind thinking about other things, about the future. 
And finally, a bit about Cupid, the flashy gray colt who's won both his starts around two turns for Baffert. In his first two races, he didn't look like he had the speed, did not want to sprint. So Baffert stretched him out, and he's looked like a natural going longer. Of course, one and an eighth miles is sort of the distance that, that Baffert says the good horses kind of separate from the rest. Uh, he was named right, Cupid. He's got that little look to him. But um, he's a, um, you know, I've had all his, I've had Indianapolis, who was, I mean, down to who was really fast. One turn, he was a sprinter. And his full brother, Dream Team, who um, he's run here, he looks totally different. So he's just a different, he's just a horse that he's shown that he's definitely not a sprinter. Uh, you know, I ran him his first out. He really is not that quick. But uh, he's really, uh, he's come around quickly in the last, the last, uh, since, since uh, January, and he's really matured a lot, and he's handling it. He's still, you know, he's a hand, he can be a little bit of a handful, but he's, uh, like most tapas, they can get a little bit excited, so you have to really, you know, we put a lot of work into him just to keep him focused and relaxed a little bit. 